welcome to Mostly Rational, a podcast in which we answer your questions in a way that is rational. Mostly. I'm Asia Sanchez. And I'm Tawny Sanchez. We apologize for slacking in our potting consistency, but we're going to be trying out a new schedule with the goal of shorter but more frequent podcasts. Alrighty, let's get to it. Alrighty. Our first question comes from Anonymous. They say, ooh, talk about privacy. Specifically, where's the line with family? How much privacy is needed? Tawny? Oh, well, with our family, I don't think there was a line. It didn't seem to exist. I know. I was like, privacy, what's that? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I definitely had conversations. We shared a bathroom. There were five of us. We didn't really have doors. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they were there. I mean, there was no door. There was no door between our bedroom and the kitchen. (laughs) That's true. Because it wasn't supposed to be a bedroom. Yeah, we had a weird house. It was like the family room, but we slept in it. Yeah. Um, it was we that's really what happened. <laughs> wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cute house. It was just we were probably like a couple people too big for it. Um, so we were just making the most of the rooms that it came with. And I don't know. It was pretty comfortable, but it was a bit unorthodox. <laughs> it was interesting. I think the only doors that had locks were the bathroom doors and again, rarely used. And it was also interesting just because, or frustrating to me because we weren't able to have people over unless our house is immaculate because if they were in a living area, they were just like in our room. So yeah, to be it fair, wasn't like, that was true. <laughs> it wasn't like a lot of houses where you just keep the living room and kitchen clean and everything else is not visible, so it doesn't really matter. It was everything. The entire house had to be just open. Otherwise, you had no space at all to have any company. Anyway, um, right. I don't think we're we actually have... answering the question. Well, I think we're setting a good foundation. It's coming at, as we do from a house that had no hallways. <laughs> I think we're coming from the perspective of people who know what it's like to have a low level of privacy within the family. So we're definitely not, I think, extremely uptight about it. And yet, I think that gives us a unique vantage point to decide what's really important when it comes to privacy, at least what our preferences are. Well, you and I are on the introverted side. And I think, (laughs) naturally, that gives us a little more desire for some privacy, like extra alone time. And I know growing up, I sought it out. Like, I wanted privacy when it came to my activities. Like, if I wanted to read a book, I wanted to do so uninterrupted for hours on end. I'd I would get a little anxiety attack if I thought someone was going to sneak up on me because I just didn't want to be interrupted. I wanted to be fully immersed in my world. So for me, privacy was really important when it came to just enjoying life. It was a little bit stressful when I didn't know that I had an extended period of time where I could be alone. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean... Obviously, like you said, we were both introverts, and I felt pretty similarly as a kid. Um, 
I think there were certain things I was really private about and then other things that I was just like, oh, this is normal. And I don't know. I think it was good, actually, for both of us to be in that environment because of our natural personality of wanting to be very private and secluded, being completely forced out of that comfort zone most of the time. And if we really, really needed it, we could find that alone time. But um, I think that it's important to push people out of their comfort zone, whatever that is. So for us, it was probably a good thing. Although I do think that it led to a lot of the arguments in our family. I think that there should be more alone time or privacy in general, just because, you know, it, it can be stressful, like being forced to constantly share every part of your existence. So, yeah. And I don't think I'm a super private person when it comes to like, I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm thinking. If somebody asks me what I'm thinking or what I did that day, as long as I can remember, I'm pretty open about it. But I don't like being forced to tell people how I'm feeling about something because that takes me a long time to process. And I'm afraid I will give, I'll say one thing and then I'm afraid that it'll be different later. And I, I didn't have a chance to fully explain. So I need, I need time alone to, pro to process emotions. It wasn't impossible to find time alone. Like I would go out to the garage and read in a in a in an easy chair, or I would sometimes go up to the creek and sit in a tree or lay on the ground and read a book. And that was actually nice. I think our little house made it so I got out of the house more <laughs> so I could be alone. But this question is not coming from an introvert. It occurs to me that it is coming from an extrovert. And they might be talking more about actual secrets than time with each other. So for us, privacy means being alone a certain amount of time, but they might specifically be asking about, you know, keeping things secret from one another. So why don't we try and answer it from that perspective as well? While I was thinking about that also, I wasn't entirely sure what the type of privacy would be. I think, though, that they tend to overlap you tend to have things that are more secret or that you want to keep to yourself when you are allowed more time alone but not only is this person an extrovert but they're an adult so I'm thinking they might be asking not just about family that you live with but overall family in general like for example say you live across the country from your family <laughs> <laughs> How important is it, Tawny, to let them know what's going on in your life? Or do you feel like it's okay to have a certain amount of it be completely private? How much do you think needs to be said versus how much does not need to be said? I think that if you're struggling with something, then it's wise to share it with your family um, because they are the most likely to want to help. Um, or be willing to. Um, of course, this depends on the family. <laughs> yeah. It's true of I mean, all of it does. <laughs> uh, I think that it's not necessary to call every day and be like, well, this is what I did today. Um, <laughs> I know that I have one friend that moved here, and that's what they do. <laughs> There's definitely uh, a range. Update. And I, it's interesting because uh, Carrie, or just the 
when we were kids and we went to school and we'd come home and we were asked how our day went. I was like, fine. You were like, okay. And Carrie is like, well, in the morning I did this and then I had this <laughs> first snack and then I had this and I talked to this friend. And it's just, um, it really depends on the person. But I don't think that sharing those things are necessary. But I also don't have anything against it. If that is the type of person you are and you want to share the details of your life, like be as open as you want. Um, yeah. I did not but don't demand somebody to tell them all the details of your life because right. it's not necessary. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, Tawny, what have you been up to? Oh, I nothing. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I didn't know how to answer that question when mom and dad would ask how was school. I'd be like, okay. Part of it. Part of the reason I didn't know how to answer it is because it was such a vague question. If they asked me what did you do at school today or what specifically did you learn in this class or whatever, I might have had a more specific answer. But also the other reason I didn't want to tell them is often I had a bad day <laughs> and I didn't want to tell them about it. I didn't want them to get overly involved. So I guess that was me being private. Like if kids were mean to me that day or whatever, I did not normally tell my parents about it. I started to do that more when I got older. I would confide in them a bit more about specifics of what was going on. And I think it's just that my tendency was that to 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 share it would to be to make it last longer or to bring the bad school experience into the home, which was my comfortable place. And I didn't want to do that. But as I got older, it became more important to me to get feedback from other people and see, you know, if they had any ideas on how I could handle it. And so that was just part of growing up. Yeah, I don't think there was any point when I was in school where I would share that kind of stuff. <laughs> I I had a lot of bad days at school. A lot of really weird things would happen on a daily basis or there was drama in junior high. But it's like... Even <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk to them about that. And if I had a real problem, then I would. But I didn't. Um, I think most of it was just stuff that I knew. Oh, well, this is just what happens in school, so I don't really care. And that was it. So my days were fine. <laughs> and then on the other end of the spectrum, I have a friend who will be hanging out together. And something bad happens that makes her mad. And she just instantly calls her mom right then and there. Mom, I'm mad. And, like, she vents to her about it. And then she's like, okay, that's all I called to talk about. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that is bizarre to me. Except I was almost jealous. I was kind of like, hey, maybe I should do that. I'm just going to call my mom whenever I'm mad about something. Maybe that will make me feel better. <laughs> she doesn't have a phone. Well, she does now. But that doesn't mean she picks it up. She does. Well, she didn't tell me. She just has grandma's old phone and oh. number. <laughs> Grandma has a new phone number. See, this yeah. is how, this is the commu level of communication in our family. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, don't though, even know how, Not only do we not call our mom, we don't know how to call our mom. <laughs> I mean, it's not that much. I mean, you live, you live there and it's not any, it's not much different. 
I don't know. I don't feel like I actually live across the country because I still communicate with people pretty much the same way that I used to. To spend time with mom, I usually have to be upstairs at the same time that she's upstairs. And then I follow her around while she's doing chores. And I just blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I've I'm, seen that. That's, that's yeah. like you guys' together time. It is. Like, while she's doing laundry and I watch her do laundry and laugh. And then, <laughs> you could help. <laughs> <laughs> that's not as funny. And then I get tired and I go back downstairs to my hole. Where'd your you hole. <laughs> it's not yours. You don't live here anymore. I think so much of my stuff is there. That's, that's your my hole. mirror I saw behind you. Both of those mirrors. So my. what? You should have brought it. I only could fit within my car. Well, everything else is forfeit. All this <laughs> photography equipment I just found, mine. No. <laughs> I'm actually possibly coming back in the fall, and I'm what? going to be taking a lot of stuff with me. Oh, coming back temporarily. Gotcha. Yeah. Gave me a panic attack there. <laughs> Although, like, the fall, you know <laughs> that if I move back, that I'm moving back into my place. That's what you think. I'm no, locking the door. <laughs> I have a key. It's my lock that I bought. <laughs> yeah, but the lock's broken, so I'm just going to put a chair in front of the door. Why is it broken, Asia? What did you do? I can get in through other ways anyway. <laughs> what did you do to my lock? <laughs> I just took one of the screws out because it kept, fall- it kept oh locking the door. Oh, my God. Also, the back door isn't even connected anymore because I took Wait, the pins out. What lock? Are you talking about the deadbolt or the regular lock? The regular lock. That's on the doorknob. Is the door ever? You're a doorknob. Okay, let's move on. Definitely cut out, like, the last ten minutes. Okay. All right. So our next question is from Josiah, and he asks, when is something explained and broken down too much? Well, I think we just gave a really good example of that. Yeah. For an example of things being broken down too much, rewind this podcast several minutes. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know still if we answered the first question, really, but we tried. Careful. Making it too vague. We told you we're bad at answering vague questions. Yeah, honestly, when people ask, how are you? What's new? I just don't give them real answers. But if you actually want to ask me, like, you know, very personal questions, I don't mind answering as long as they are detailed. Because I don't want to have to come up with the details for you. Anyway, so when is something explained and broken down too much? Um, Asia, thoughts? This is another very vague question. What do you mean by something? (laughs) Like, okay, if I say, what did you do this afternoon? And you proceed to tell me how many leaves were on a tree that you drove by. That's too much. If if, I really, that's how far you can go. If I ask you, how do you build a rocket ship to safe standards and you give me some very vague instructions, that's not enough. It really depends what you're talking about, how important it is that we get this right. How important is it that I learn all the information? So, you know, someone's life on the line, give me all the details necessary. Was I just trying to be polite? Just say you're fine. 
the end. I think, I mean, along those same lines, yeah, it would depend on context, and you would need to know that context, and in order to answer the question in a way that is the most productive. <laughs> so yes. the things that are necessary, that's the level of how far it should be broken down. Uh, if it is no longer necessary to the context of what needs to be accomplished, then it's too broken down. Okay, so we broke down the word something. Which word should we break down next? Explained or broken? Broken could mean a wide variety of things, but usually Asia, it means Asia, to take a solid... Right now. <laughs> All right, you get my point. Yeah. Can we ask the next question? Sure. Romy asks, <clears throat> how far is too far? When it comes to applying the MBTI to yourself and others, burn at us on our entire podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. I. <laughs> uh... <laughs> it's interesting that she asks this because I have just been thinking, you know, I really find MBTI to be a useful tool. However, I don't think our podcast needs to be an MBTI podcast. And I don't think it is an MBTI podcast because we just answer whatever questions people send in. But we do mention MBTI sometimes. So it makes sense that we would get asked this question. I find it to be a useful tool probably because of my personality type needing extra tools to understand other people, but I don't think everybody needs to use it. I think, I mean, I agree. It's a useful tool. I know that it has helped me understand myself better, and it has helped me understand and communicate with other people a lot better as well. However, what I don't think a lot of people understand is a lot of information that they hear about MBTI is stereotyping, and also that it really shouldn't go beyond what is a base personality. The whole point of it is that base, but everyone is capable of anything. If you're an introvert, that doesn't mean you're capable, not capable of being outgoing or talkative. And if you're extroverted, it does not mean you never need alone time. It is just a base that can help you work on your weaknesses and really hone your strengths. If you're going beyond that, if you're going to the point where you're judging other people based on their MBTI, if you're making assumptions about them because you you found out what their MBTI is and you don't know any you know much other information about them, or jumping to conclusions about what they'll do, then that's kind of taking it too far. However, if you can say, hey, okay, their brain probably is going to do this first, so let me be a little more sensitive to that. Like, if I know someone is extra feely, I'm going to try and, you know, account for that. But that doesn't mean that they can't handle <laughs> criticism 
or a logical argument or anything. It's just kind of a way to maybe make slight adjustments and communicate better. Right. So I think it's pretty obvious how far is too far when it comes to applying it to other people. Like if you're making all your dating decisions based on MBTI or whatever, that is a bit ridiculous. But you can also take it too far when it comes to yourself. You could say, you know, I can't do that. I can't be in that line of work or or that will be too hard for me because this is my type and this is just who I am. It's possible that if I had known about my type when I was a lot younger, that it might have been a detriment to me because there are a lot of things that I didn't care for about myself that I pushed to adjust and they were still, they're still my natural tendencies, but I definitely adjusted. For instance, I worked on being more outgoing. I worked on being more friendly. I still prefer to stay inside and be rude, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I can't do the, the other things. And I have met other INTPs, for instance, who claim I couldn't possibly be an INTP because I'm too expressive. And to me, that's just them admitting to me that they have refused to work on themselves because MBTI allows them to say, well, this is just me and there's nothing I can do about it and then stay in their comfort zone forever. So that's definitely going too far and also not using it as the tool that it could be. It could be a tool to say, oh, this might be where I have a blind spot. Let me see. Maybe I'll talk to somebody and see if they also agree that that's something I can work on. Or this might be one of my strengths. Let me explore that. Yeah, completely agree. So Also, uh, <laughs> just a side note. <laughs> Let me break this down a little. The stereotypes thing is hilarious. And sometimes I think some people think that I really believe all of the MBTI stuff that I share with them. And it's really mostly stuff that I just think is funny because it's a stereotype, but not necessarily a belief I have everyone in my life who has that type. Um, so just, you know, an FYI for people out there who think that I actually believe all of those things. I just think it's kind of funny and entertaining. It's like the entertaining side of MBTI, but not really a useful part of it. I think that, I mean, there's a reason for those stereotypes. It's not like you wouldn't have two people that are the same type and they have nothing in common. They do have a lot of traits that are similar and sometimes they are um, things that can be made fun of easily and you can kind of group it together a little bit and at that, it's like a, an exaggeration right. upon but certain environment, types of personalities. Environment has a lot to do with your overall development as a person or the, the people you grew up around. Your parents have a huge say, education, opportunities, life experience everything <laughs> yeah the way other people perceive you i think definitely the fact that you know i grew up as a girl and people treated me the with those stereotypes and biases definitely influenced the way that i developed i think that's true with everybody just the way people see you has a big a big uh impact as well because they that's the feedback you get from people so I think that um, was instrumental in me realizing that I might want to work on 
my emotional side, for instance, my emotional intelligence, because that was expected of me, and I might have subconsciously sort of picked up on that. <laughs> yep. Same. We have one more question. Oh, yeah. These, this, this episode's definitely going to be short. <laughs> but I think, do you think we could do these, like, once a week or maybe once every two weeks if we keep them short like this? I would say every two weeks is a more realistic goal. I mean, we can try and do them weekly, but um, I think that twice a month is more reasonable. Let's just try to do it weekly and see what happens. Yep. Okay. So our last question is from Anani Mouse, and they asked, what would be your role in a heist? 20. You... What's ideally? Asia. Yes. <laughs> well, I think we can all... Um, I don't just... see any other way to interpret this question. <laughs> I don't see any homonyms. No. <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, um, oh, wood. Also... <laughs> Wood's a homonym. Okay, okay, okay. Tani, what would your role be in a heist? Well, um, not to uh, go to the MBTI stereotypes, but I think I would be the mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> that is an INTJ stereotype. I mean, it's really the INTJ nickname, and there is a reason for that. It's, you know, I like to plan things. I really, really like to plan things, and I like to consider all possibilities. And, uh, you know, I've been getting better at, at delegating and such, and I, I just think that that would be my role. Yeah, kind of like a quiet leader. <laughs> oh, gosh. Honestly, I think my role would be, like, the one who's, like, guys, are, are, are you sure this is a good idea? I'm not sure this is a good idea. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You know? Uh, let's see. I don't know. So stereotypical INTP roles would be the tech guy who's hacking into the mainframe back at base. But really, I'm not that person. <laughs> that is a stereotype I do not fall into. I think your... I oh, I, I know what role you would have. What? You would have something that would involve acting. <gasps> You're right. Would oh I'd I feel like cars. you would be okay. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> I was gonna say I mean a distraction of some kind or oh, um, I can someone that. that would be you know uh what what's the word what's the oh, what's another word for distraction in this particular situation like someone who is um drawing attention away um a diversion. Yeah! Why couldn't I think of that? You would be the diversion. Yeah, I can do that. I, I think I wouldn't even have to I want to be the mastermind I would, I would and just... I can't even think of the word diversion. <laughs> I don't think I'd have to... Oh, that would be my role. Thesaurus. What? I'd just be the person who helps you remember the word you can't think of. That's got to come in handy. 
Okay. All right. Superpower so, ever. And more, I think more realistically, I would be the tech guy, right? Right. Okay. So you'll be the tech guy, and you can. You're, that's kind of still masterminding because I'm sure you got the blueprints, and you're like telling yeah. everyone where to go. Yeah. I think what, I wouldn't have a plan for my role. I think I would. So. Yeah, I think I would just have to walk by, and then I would accidentally fall down, or like. You know, accidentally <laughs> grab the guard's gun on my way down and like Oops. just Jar Jar binks it up. You know, yeah. taking out all the robots accidentally as I twirl around. Yeah, we all know that was a, unintentional. Yeah, definitely not a secret Sith Lord. <laughs> <laughs> How many times are we going to have this conversation on our podcast? It's my favorite fake thing about Star Wars, and it makes Star Wars better to me. What are the other fake things about Star Wars that you like? I forgot about them because they're not as good. <laughs> also, all of Star Wars. <laughs> it's not real. You don't know that. It's in the galaxy far, far away. Okay, so um, now that we are through with your questions, we have a message from James. He says, hello, I'm not sure if this is the kind of stuff you're looking for, but this is a song I was making up about an eon ago. Hope you enjoy. James Scruggs III. He sent us a link to a YouTube video of him playing the piano, so we're going to play part of it now. If you want to hear the whole thing, you can find the link at patreon.com slash mostly rational, where if also you feel like it, you can um, also sign up to be a patron of the pod. I'm just inserting this in here real quick. We are kind of going uh, through a little bit of a shift on our Patreon right now. We're asking our patrons if they would rather... Uh, do a monthly subscription or a per-episode subscription. We're leaning towards turning it into a per-episode thing, but we are also about to start making more episodes. So if you have an opinion on this, feel free to share it post-haste because um, if we make this change, it's going to be real soon. Also, if you would like your questions answered on an upcoming episode, go to mostlyrationalpodcast.com slash contact to submit a question and another way to show support that we greatly appreciate is to follow us on twitter at mostly rational and on instagram at mostly rational podcast thanks for listening adios